legislation that's being proposed about a, a right to disconnect. We, we don't know the details yet. It's part of a larger package of labor laws tabled by the Labor Minister, Monty McNaughton, earlier this week. Uh, but the current proposal, as I mentioned, is to require all companies who have more than 25 employees to, to have a policy about the right to disconnect from work outside of working hours. And for his thoughts on this, we've reached Lior Samfiru. He's an employment lawyer and a partner at the firm Samfiru Tamarkin. Hi. Great to be with you. Yeah, nice to have you. What, what do you think of Ontario's proposal to, to create this right to disconnect? Well, Ian, let's make it very clear that a law like that is actually necessary. In an age of a smartphone, we're all connected at all times. A lot of us are working from home, so it's easier to just continue working because since you're home anyway. I certainly think that having the right to disconnect is important. The concern that I have is that the law proposed in Ontario and many such laws are not going to really have much of an impact. There's a number of issues. First of all, who's going to enforce these policies? Is the government going to come and audit workplaces? It's not possible. Is an employee going to file a complaint against their employer because they received an email after hours? I don't see that happening. But there's another practical issue. If I'm not going to answer emails after hours, I'm going to be concerned that my colleague across the hall is doing that. And is that going to be held against me? Am I not going to be able to compete for future promotions? So I don't see a law like that that says, employer, you must have a policy. I just don't see that having teeth or having any real impact. Yeah, those are really interesting insights. Now, a number of European countries apparently have laws on the books about this. How is it working there? Yeah, a lot of European countries do. Uh, France was, was one of the first and a number of other countries have followed, followed suit. Ultimately, my understanding is that it has not made much of a, of a difference. Uh, and I think that the real issue here has to be how do we motivate employers to allow employees to disconnect and having a policy is not that motivation i think that's done through improving perhaps our overtime laws so that well if you're going to work employee you're going to send that email you're going to be compensated for it you can see how fast employers insist that employees disconnect if they're going to have to pay for that additional work perhaps dealing with extra vacation you know instead of two weeks vacations mandate at a minimum is three or four weeks so people have a real opportunity to disconnect i think those are important i think even in europe we're starting to see a shift towards those types of regulations and law that to me would have meaningful impact you know, we heard a version of that actually just a moment ago from a truck driver. And in his case, you know, I asked him, what about getting maintenance or, or service in the middle of the night? Because he drives sometimes through the night. And he said he doesn't do it, right? Because it costs so much, he waits until the next morning. So to your point, I can see where uh, companies would uh, think twice if it's going to cost them, I don't know, 20 30 $50 for that email that they sent at 8 p.m. to be replied to tonight. Then they have to decide what the value is uh, for them. I'm speaking with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Our show question today, do you have a right to disconnect after work? How do you avoid work creep? Call us at 1-888-416-8333. Lior, if, if, you know, given the questions, the, the concerns you have about the Ontario proposal, uh, beyond mandating, let's say, uh, paying overtime if you expect somebody to respond after hours. Are there any other things that, that, that you think would be an effective tool to achieve this goal of, of you know, allowing people to, to you know, not feel like they're on the clock all the time? 
I think it really requires a, a, a cultural shift within an organization in order to allow that to happen. I think that businesses have gotten used to, uh, for the last number of years, certainly during the pandemic, because employees are working at home to, to demand response, you're home anyway, but it doesn't matter if you're going to answer me at 9 p.m. or 4 p.m. So I think perhaps when we shift back to a more work in the office environment, I think that that, that cultural shift if the government does impact uh, or impose fines, perhaps for in situations where the rare situation where it is fine found that an employee is being made to work after hours or let go because they didn't, I think perhaps at that point, if there are true and real consequences for requiring employees to work when they should be disconnected, maybe then we'll see a real move. But simply telling employers have a policy, put it in a drawer, and forget about it—that's just not going to do much. Let me finish with this. You know, you deal with these kinds of issues, maybe not this directly, but generally with employment issues all the time in the quote unquote real world. So so give me some real world advice for somebody who is an employee who has their work phone at home. It goes off at night and there is an expectation to send, let's say, an email back or somehow respond to that after hours and they don't like it. They don't think it's fair. Do they have a recourse realistically? And what would that recourse be? I think the best way to deal with this is right at the beginning of the employment relation to set, to set the terms, to set the, the relationship, how it's going to work. Perhaps we have an employment agreement that sets when I'm going to work and when I'm not. But once you start responding to emails, once you allow your employer to kind of infringe on your personal time, it's very difficult to scale that back and take it back. So right from the outset, it's important that the employer knows Here's when I'm available. I'm going to work really hard during these times, but you're not going to hear from me after hours. If you set that correctly from the beginning, I think your employer is going to be fine. It's going to expect that. It's just very difficult when you've been doing something a certain way for all these years. Now to say, I'm drawing this line in the sand. So it's a good idea to think about these things when you accept the job, when you sign that job offer letter, negotiate certain terms that give you that flexibility, that time to disconnect. That is, to me, the best way to do it, short of government intervening with some meaningful changes. I can't. I can't picture that conversation though, you know, like at the beginning, you're just, just in that, that honeymoon moment where you want the job and they want you and, and it's, oh, but by the way, don't email me after seven o'clock. It sounds like a potentially awkward conversation. It is potentially. Some employees may have a lot more leverage than they realize, especially these days with some shortages of work, but perhaps even not to negotiate that, but to set that precedent through your actions. If from the beginning you're not responding to emails after five or six or whatever it is, your employer may get used to it, may not expect you to do certain things, and moving forward you get into a relationship that you're comfortable with. I've seen that happen many times. A lot of employees have gone the other way. They've worked and responded at all times of day and night. Now they say it's too much. How do we scale that back? And that indeed is very difficult. So deal with this in the beginning. Set it correctly. Uh, I think that's your best chance. Really good advice, Lior. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ian.